good evening or good afternoon, I guess it is. We're delighted, again, as Mark said earlier, we're just delighted that you're here with us. And really, it's a great way to start sort of that Christmas celebration. You know, as a church throughout December, we've kind of been kind of getting ready to come to this point. And what we've been doing is to celebrate kind of the Advent season. We've been looking at explanations. Jesus actually came, he said, for why he came. Kind of looking at words he said in the Gospel of John, we kind of looked at why he said we have this thing called Christmas. Like, why it even happened. Like, why he said it was a part of life. And to kind of wrap that up as we come to Christmas Eve and all of that, I kind of want to look at one more place just for a few minutes, not long, but one more place where Jesus actually explains why he came. In essence, why he says, this is why I was born. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up that you may not expect him to talk about his birth where we're going to look at him talking about his birth. See, in John chapter 18... In verse 38, it actually, verse 37, excuse me, it says this. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Somewhat surprisingly, literally in his trial before Pilate, when his life was on the line, what does Jesus bring up? Christmas. He brings up his birth. He's explaining why it is that he came. Now, I don't know that you and I would have expected Jesus to talk about Christmas on his trial, on the night before, or actually on the morning he's going to be crucified. But he did. And the reason I want to look and ask you to think with this verse with me is because in his words in verse 37, I think he answers three really important questions about Christmas. He's going to answer the question about what is Christmas about? Then he's really going to answer the question, why do we need Christmas? Like, why did this all need to happen? And then he's going to raise a question we all need to face, and that is, what are we going to do with Christmas? So let's talk about why do we have Christmas or what is Christmas about? You know, before I went to seminary to become a pastor, I I worked in the oil industry. And I can remember, and this is probably about 35, 36 years ago, the people I worked with, it was probably like December 23rd and everybody was trying to like figure out a way not to have to work very much. I don't know if that happens in your workplace on December 23rd. I think they were trying to figure out a way not to work very much. And so they started to gather in the hall and they were kind of having this conversation in the hall about what they thought Christmas should be about, like what they wanted Christmas to be about. And it was kind of fascinating to me to hear all these different ideas about what Christmas should be about. But folks, maybe instead of you and I thinking, well, it should be about this or it should be about this, maybe we need to hear again the one who we actually get the name Christmas from, why he says Christmas is, what he says Christmas is about. So verse 37 again, then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. 
Now, to make sense of the question that Pilate asked there at the beginning of verse 37 about your being a king, it might be wise to back up just for a little bit to kind of set the scene. See, the backdrop to what's happening in verse 37 is this. The Jewish leaders wanted to kill Jesus. But to do that, they needed Rome, or really Rome's representative, Pilate, to take action. They couldn't do it on their own. They needed Pilate to do something. And so with some manipulation of things, they wanted to make Jesus look like he was a political threat to Rome and to Caesar. Because of that, they had to get Pilate to start interrogating Jesus about, are you a king? Really, this claim that Jesus was a threat is what verses 33 to 35 of chapter 18 are about, is Pilate trying to figure out if Jesus really is a threat. And then in verse 36, Jesus basically says, hey, my kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate seems to understand that Jesus maybe isn't the threat that they're trying to make him out to be. Pilate still wants to understand, like, are you a king? He's still trying to make sense of that. So in Jesus' words, you say that I am a king. Jesus is affirming, yes, I am a king. But there's more he wanted Pilate to understand which is really why there's these two statements in verse 37 sort of for this purpose. See, in the first one, Jesus was saying, for this purpose, I was born. Jesus literally was born to be a king. Part of what Christmas is about is Jesus being born as a king. You know, the, the magi, the wise men, as we call them in Matthew chapter 2, they got it right. We do need to go and worship the one who is born the king of the Jews in Bethlehem. We need to do that. That's a part of Christmas. But there's more to Jesus being a king than just us going and worshiping him in Bethlehem. There's really kind of a purpose to him being a king, and he kind of says that in the next four-purpose statement. See, for this kingly purpose, Jesus said, I came into the world. In those words, Jesus is telling Pilate that he existed before he was born, that he existed before Mary was pregnant with him because of a miracle of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, I existed before, and I came for a very specific purpose. See, Jesus was telling Pilate in that moment, taking him from the trial that his life hung in the balance to his birth to say, Pilate, please understand, Christmas is about the Son of God coming and taking on human flesh to be the king we need. You know, we add a lot of things to Christmas. We had lights, we had decorations. We added 25 poinsettias this year. We've never had that many poinsettias, I think, in the church, but this year everyone wanted a poinsettia, so we got a lot of poinsettias. We've added that. We've, we've added, you know, things like gifts and candles. We've added all of that. Just to understand that at its essence, Christmas is about God the Son taking on human flesh, coming and being like us to be born as a baby, to be the king we need. That's what Christmas is about. But him declaring that, that kind of then raises the question, well, why do we need him? Why do we need Christmas? Why is it that you and I need God the Son to come and take on human flesh and be born as a baby to be a king? Well, look at verse 37 with me again. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? 
Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. Notice these words, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Folks, Jesus believes we need Christmas because we need the truth. We need Jesus to bear witness to the truth. Now, when it says Jesus bears witness to the truth, that doesn't mean Jesus is going to walk around and just spit out true statements. That's not what it means. Really, when it says bear witness to the truth, it means he's going to unveil or he is going to disclose what is truly true. Earlier in John's gospel, in John chapter 1, verse 14, John describes what this unveiling, what this disclosing looks like when he wrote these words. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. And then notice these words, full of grace and truth. Jesus coming, why we need Christmas is Jesus came to put on display for us grace and truth. And you say, well, why do we need those things put on display? Why do we need grace and truth? We know what God the father and God the son know some realities about us. And one of the realities that they know about us is that we desperately need truth in our life, that we desperately need grace in our life. If you were to look at the history of humanity from Genesis chapter 3 forward, unfortunately, we would find way too many, way too many causes and instances of lives being filled with anger and hatred of lives being filled with hurt because we're broken, because things aren't right, lives being filled with all kinds of things except truth, except grace. And God doesn't want us to not have the very things we need. You know, there's a sense in which history really is a story of people like you and me living our lives, and our lives are void of grace and truth, the very things God says we need. And God does not want that for us. So he literally sent his son Jesus to disclose grace, to disclose truth. Well, what exactly does it mean that he came to disclose that? Well, in John chapter 1, verse 18, maybe helps us understand that when it says this. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. Disclosing the truth means Jesus, who is the God at the Father's side, makes God known. And the idea of makes God known is that really the whole story is told. Making him known means Jesus came to tell us the whole story of God. When Jesus was telling Pilate that he came as a king, he was really saying, Pilate, I came to tell everyone the entire story of God. See, Jesus came to tell us, to tell Pilate, to tell us and the people then and now that God created us, that God created us to be in a relationship with him because he loves us. Unfortunately, Jesus also had to come and say, even though we were created for this relationship with God, we forsook him, we walked away from that relationship. That's a part of the truth, and Jesus had to come and tell us that. But amazingly, even though we've done things so that our lives are not what they should be, Jesus also came to say, God's here to bring his grace. 
God's here to bring his truth to our lives. Jesus came to tell us, without God, we end up harassed and helpless. We end up like sheep without a shepherd. We're wandering around and we need help. That may be a lot of the story of life, but that's not the whole story. You see, because of who God is, his grace and truth being full of it, that's not the whole story. See, Jesus came because God loved the world. Jesus came to tell more of the story because he loves you, because he truly cares for you. Even if we are harassed and helpless as people, even if Jesus had to tell us, look, you are in a problem you cannot solve, Jesus said, I've got more to communicate, and that is, I came to disclose the truth, Jesus said. I came to give you what you truly need to be rescued. Why do you and I need Christmas? Why did Jesus come? Why do we need that? We need Christmas because Jesus came to save us, to guide us so that we could have transformed, abundant lives. Jesus came because we need peace in our lives, even in turmoil. And Jesus came to lead us to do the most important thing in life, and that is to glorify God. We need Christmas because we need Jesus to restore things in our lives, to rescue us. He came as a king. That's what Christmas is about. He came as a king. Why do we need that? We need that so that he can rescue us. We need that because we're in a problem we cannot solve. But as the King of kings and Lord of lords, he can solve it. Well, maybe that brings us to the third question, and that is, what are we going to do with Christmas? I want you to just focus with me on the last words, the last phrase of John chapter 8 and ver 18 and verse 37. When it says this, everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. In other words, listens to my voice is a whole lot more than an audible sound. Jesus bore witness to the truth, meaning he spoke both truth and he did truth. And because he did that, he's now calling us to respond to what he did. In essence, Jesus invites us. He was inviting Pilate even to follow him. See, the full idea is if we hear Jesus' voice, if we're listening to what he is saying, when we hear the truth of Jesus, that we know we need to respond to that truth. And we respond to that truth by repenting of our sins and trusting in the Lord Jesus alone as our Savior. And when we do that, literally Jesus' truth would tell us we would then receive all his incredible gifts, all the things he wants for us. Again, there's that question, what are we going to do with the Christmas offering? What are we going to do with this? I want you to notice the very next words in chapter 18 and verse 38 when Pilate said to him, what is truth? I don't think Pilate was entering into this sort of philosophical discussion with Jesus. Rather, at that moment, Pilate was kind of so overwhelmed with what he was facing he was kind of like wanting to get away from the truth. He didn't want to, have to face the truth. But Jesus kind of raised the tension. See, Jesus was the one that was supposed to be on trial. Pilate was the one that was supposed to make a judgment about Jesus. 
But because of Jesus' mission, this mission of being born and coming as a king, the one to bear truth, bear witness to the truth, the tables kind of turned. And all of a sudden now, Pilate was the one on trial. Pilate was the one that needed to make a decision. He needed to make a choice. And the truth is, Jesus' mission puts you and me on trial too. See, we have to respond to what Christmas is. In essence, we need to ask, answer the question, what are we going to do with Christmas? I mean, verses 37 and 38 seem to give us two choices of what to do with Christmas. Verse 37 seems then with the choice of following Jesus. And verse 38 seems to start with the choice of just walking away from Jesus. Folks, one of the hugest questions that you and I need to answer in our lives is what are we going to do with Christmas? He is literally offering us the truth. He's offering us the grace that moves through life to help us in every single moment of life. What are we going to do with Christmas? The truth is, the reason we hold Christmas Eve services, the reason we do this, is because we want you, as you consider how on a silent night, the true king who is the light of the world came as a baby. And he did that to ultimately offer you a rescue from darkness, that when you consider the truth of Christmas, that you will follow Jesus. That's why we're doing this service. That's why we're thrilled you're here, because we want to invite you to follow Jesus. If you live in the local area, we'd encourage you, we'd invite you, come back. Come back, and as we try to figure out how to follow Jesus, we'd love you to be a part of that. I realize on a Christmas Eve, a number of you are from out of town, you're here visiting family. We'd love to encourage you to find a church in your community where you can then be a part of helping to follow Jesus. Because see, the question in front of us isn't how much snow are we going to have tomorrow? The question really is, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with his incredible offer? He came on a silent night to offer you and I grace and truth. The grace and truth we need. The grace and truth he wants to fill our lives with. Would you pray with me? Father, I am grateful to you for your incredible love. Lord Jesus, thank you that you were willing to share, you were willing to proclaim why you came, that you make it clear that Christmas is about you coming and taking on human flesh, that you were born, yes, but you were existed before that and you came to bring to us the truth we need that into our lives that can be broken and distorted that can be confused you bring the grace to heal us you bring the truth to set us straight Lord I pray and ask that as we consider what Christmas is about and why we need Christmas that you would move us 
to want to respond to you and what you have done for us. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.